story one of the loot of cities by arnold bennett this LibriVox recording is in the public domain story one the loot of cities chapter six lo twas a gala night paris and not merely paris but paris on fete paris decorated paris idle paris determined to enjoy itself and succeeding brilliantly venetian masts of red and gold lined the gay pavements of the grand boulevard and the avenue de l'opera and suspended from these in every direction transverse and lateral hung garlands of flowers whose petals were of coloured paper and whose hearts were electric globes that in the evening would burst into flame the effect of the city's toilette reached the extreme of opulence for no expense had been spared paris was welcoming monarchs and had spent two million francs in obedience to the maxim that what is worth doing at all is worth doing well the grand hotel with its eight hundred rooms full of english and americans at the upper end of the avenue de Poula, looked down at the grand hotel de louvre with its four hundred rooms full of english and americans at the lower end of the avenue de l'opera these two establishments had the best views in the whole city and perhaps the finest view of all was that obtainable from a certain second-floor window of the grand hotel precisely at the corner of the boulevard des capucines and the rue aubert from this window one could see the boulevards in both directions the opera and the place de l'opera the avenue de l'opera and the rue de quatre septembre and the multitudinous life of the vivid thoroughfares the glittering cafes the dazzling shops the painted kiosks the lumbering omnibuses the gliding trams the hooting automobiles the swift and careless cabs the private carriages the suicidal bicycles the newsmen the toy sellers the touts the beggars and all the holiday crowd sombre men and radiant women chattering laughing bustling staring drinking under the innumerable tricolore and garlands of paper flowers that particular view was a millionaire's view and it happened to be the temporary property of cecil thorold who was enjoying it and the afternoon sun at the open window with three companions eve fincastle looked at it with the analytic eye of the journalist while kitty sartorius as was quite proper for an actress deemed it a sort of frame for herself as she leaned over the balcony like a juliet on the stage the third guest in cecil's sitting-room was lionel belmont the napoleonic anglo-american theatrical manager in whose crown kitty herself was the chief star mr belmont a big burly good-humoured shrewd man of something over forty said he had come to paris on business but for two days the business had been solely to look after kitty sartorius and minister to her caprices at the present moment his share of the view consisted mainly of kitty in the same way cecil's share of the view consisted mainly of eve fencastle but this at least was right and decorous for the betrothal of the millionaire and the journalist had been definitely announced otherwise eve would have been back at work in fleet street a week ago the gala performance is to-night isn't it said eve gazing at the vast and superbly ornamented opera house yes said cecil what a pity we can't be there i should so have liked to see the young queen in evening dress and they say the interior decorations nothing simpler said cecil if you want to go dear let us go 
kitty sartorius looked round quickly mr belmont has tried to get seats and can't haven't you bell you know the whole audience is invited the invitations are issued by the minister of fine arts still in paris anything can be got by paying for it cecil insisted my dear young friend said lionel belmont i guess if seats were to be had i should have struck one or two yesterday i put no limit on the price and i reckon i ought to know what theatre prices run to over at the metropolitan in new york i've seen a box change hands at two thousand dollars for one night nevertheless cecil began again and the performance starting in six hours from now lionel belmont exclaimed not much but cecil persisted seen the herald to-day belmont questioned no well listen this will interest you he drew a paper from his pocket and read seats for the opera gala the traffic in seats for the gala performance at the opera during the last royal visit to paris aroused considerable comment and not a little dissatisfaction nothing however was done and the traffic in seats for to-night's spectacle at which the president and their imperial majesties will be present has it is said amounted to a scandal of course the offer so suddenly made five days ago by madame felice and mademoiselle malva the two greatest living dramatic sopranos to take part in the performance immediately and enormously intensified interest in the affair for never yet have these two supreme artists appeared in the same theatre on the same night no theatre could afford the luxury our readers may remember that in our columns and in the columns of the figaro there appeared four days ago an advertisement to the following effect a box also two orchestra stalls for the opera gala to be disposed of owing to illness apply one fifty five rue de la paix we sent for several reporters to answer that advertisement the first was offered a stage box for seven thousand five hundred francs and two orchestra stalls in the second row for twelve hundred and fifty francs the second was offered a box opposite the stage on the second tier and two stalls in the seventh row the third had the chance of four stalls in the back row and a small box just behind them the fourth was offered something else the thing was obviously therefore a regular agency everybody is asking how were these seats obtained from the ministry of fine arts or from the invites echo answers how the authorities however are stated to have interfered at last and to have put an end to this buying and selling of what should be an honourable distinction bravo said cecil and that so belmont remarked dropping the paper i went to one fifty five rue de la paix myself yesterday and was told that nothing whatever was to be had not at any price perhaps you didn't offer enough said cecil moreover i notice the advertisement does not appear to-day i guess the authorities have crumpled it up still cecil went on monotonously look here said belmont grim and a little nettled just to cut it short i'll bet you a two hundred dollar dinner at payard's that you can't get seats for to-night not even two let alone four you really want to bet well drawled belmont with a certain irony slightly imitating cecil's manner it means something to eat for these ladies i accept said cecil and he rang the bell two lecky cecil said to his valet who had entered the room i want you to go to number one fifty five rue de la paix and find out on which floor they are disposing of seats for the opera to-night 
when you have found out i want you to get me four seats preferably a box understand the servant stared at his master squinting violently for a few seconds then he replied suddenly as the light had just dawned on him exactly sir you intend to be present at the gala performance you have successfully grasped my intention said cecil present my card he scribbled a word or two on a card and gave it to the man and the price sir you still have that blank check on the credit lyonnais that i gave you yesterday morning use that yes sir then there is the question of my french sir my feeble french a delicate plant my friend belmont put in i will accompany you as interpreter i should like to see this thing through lecky bowed and gave up squinting in three minutes for they had only to go round the corner lionel belmont and lecky were in a room on the fourth floor of one fifty five rue de la paix it had the appearance of an ordinary drawing-room save that it contained an office table at this table sat a young man french you wish messieurs said the young man have the goodness to interpret for me said lecky to the napoleon of anglo-saxon theatres mr cecil thorold of the devonshire mansion london the grand hotel paris the hotel continental rome and the Gisserie palace hotel cairo presents his compliments and wishes a box for the gala performance at the opera to-night belmont translated while lecky handed the card owing to the unfortunate indisposition of a minister and his wife replied the young man gravely having perused the card it happens that i have a stage box on the second tier you told me yesterday belmont began i will take it said lecky in a sort of french interrupting his interpreter the price and a pen the price is twenty-five thousand francs gemini belmont exclaimed in american this is paris and no mistake yes said lecky as he filled up the blank check paris still succeeds in being paris i have noticed it before mr belmont if you will pardon the liberty the young man opened a drawer and handed to lecky a magnificent gilt card signed by the minister of fine arts which lecky hid behind his breast that signature of the minister is genuine belmont asked the young man i answer for it said the young man smiling imperturbably the deuce you do belmont murmured so the four friends dined at payard's at the rate of about a dollar and a half a mouthful and the mystified belmont who was not in the habit of being mystified and so felt it had the ecstasy of paying the bill three it was nine o'clock when they entered the magnificent precincts of the opera house like everybody else they went very early the performance was not to commence until nine-thirty in order to see and be seen to the fullest possible extent a week had elapsed since the two girls had arrived from algiers in paris under the escort of cecil thorold and in that time they had not been idle kitty sartorius had spent tolerable sums at the best modistes in the rue de la paix and the establishments at the rue de la chaussee d'antine while eve had bought one frock a dream needless to say and had also been nearly covered with jewellery by her betrothed that afternoon between the bet and the dinner cecil had made more than one mysterious disappearance he finally came back with a diamond tiara for his dear journalist you ridiculous thing exclaimed the dear journalist kissing him 
it thus occurred that eve usually so severe of aspect had more jewels than she could wear while kitty accustomed to display had practically nothing but her famous bracelet eve insisted on pooling the lot and dividing equally for the gala consequently the party presented a very pretty appearance as it ascended the celebrated grand staircase of the opera wreathed to-night in flowers lionel belmont with kitty on his arm was in high spirits uplifted joyous but cecil himself seemed to be a little nervous and this nervousness communicated itself to eve fincastle or perhaps eve was rather overpowered by her tiara at the head of the staircase was a notice requesting everyone to be seated at nine twenty five previous to the arrival of the president and the imperial guests of the republic the row of officials at the control took the expensive gilt card from cecil examined it returned it and bowed low with an intimation that he should turn to the right and climb two floors and the party proceeded further into the interior of the great building the immense corridors and foyers and stairs were crowded with a collection of the best-known people in paris it was a gathering of all the renowns the garish gorgeous opera seemed to be changed that night into something new and strange even those shabby old harridans the box openers the ouvres wore bows of red white and blue and smiled effusively in expectation of tips inconceivably large Tiens exclaimed the box-opener who had taken charge of cecil's party as she unlocked the door of the box and well might she exclaim for the box number seventy four no possible error was already occupied by a lady and two gentlemen who were talking rather loudly in french cecil undoubtedly turned pale while lionel belmont laughed within his moustache these people have made a mistake cecil was saying to the ouvres when a male official in evening dress approached him with an air of importance pardon monsieur you are monsieur cecil thorold i am said cecil will you kindly follow me monsieur the director wishes to see you you are expected evidently said lionel belmont the girls kept apart as girls should in these crises between men i have a ticket for this box cecil remarked to the official and i wish first to take possession of it it is precisely that point which monsieur the director wishes to discuss with monsieur rejoined the official ineffably suave he turned with a wonderful bow to the girls and added with that politeness of which the french alone have the secret perhaps in the meantime these ladies would like to see the view of the avenue de l'opera from the balcony the illuminations have begun and the effect is certainly charming cecil bit his lip yes he said belmont take them so while lionel belmont escorted the girls to the balcony there to discuss the startling situation and to watch the imperial party drive up the resplendent fairy-like and unique avenue cecil followed the official he was guided along various passages and round unnumbered corners to the rear part of the colossal building there in a sumptuous bureau the official introduced him to a still higher official the directeur who had a decoration and a long white moustache monsieur said this latter i am desolated to have to inform you that the minister of fine arts has withdrawn his original invitation for box number seventy four to-night 
i have received no intimation of the withdrawal cecil replied no because the original invitation was not issued to you said the directeur excited and nervous the minister of fine arts instructs me to inform you that his invitation to meet the president and their imperial majesties cannot be bought and sold but is it not notorious that many such invitations have been bought and sold it is unfortunately too notorious here the directeur looked at his watch and rang a bell impatiently then why am i singled out the directeur gazed blandly at cecil the reason perhaps is best known to yourself said he and he rang the bell again i appear to incommode you cecil remarked permit me to retire not at all i assure you said the directeur on the contrary i am a little agitated on account of the non-arrival of mademoiselle malva a minor functionary entered she has come no monsieur le directeur and it is nine fifteen sapristi the functionary departed the invitation to box number seventy four preceded the directeur commanding himself was sold for two thousand francs allow me to hand you notes for the amount dear monsieur but i paid twenty-five thousand said cecil smiling it is conceivable but the minister can only concern himself with the original figure you refuse the notes oh by no means said cecil accepting them but i have brought here to-night three guests including two ladies imagine my position i imagine it the director responded but you will not deny that the minister has always the right to cancel an invitation seats ought to be sold subject to the contingency of that right being exercised at that moment still another official plunged into the room she is not here yet he sighed as if in extremity it is unfortunate cecil sympathetically put in it is more than unfortunate dear monsieur said the director gesticulating it is unthinkable the performance must begin at nine-thirty and it must begin with the garden scene from faust in which mademoiselle malva takes marguerite why not change the order cecil suggested impossible there are only two other items the first act of lohengrim with madame felice and the ballet sylvia we cannot commence with the ballet no one ever heard of such a thing and do you suppose that felice will sing before malva not for millions not for a throne the etiquette of sopranos is stricter than that of courts besides uh, to-night we cannot have a german opera preceding a french one then uh, the president and their majesties will have to wait a little till malva arrives cecil said their majesties wait impossible impossible echoed the other official aghast two more officials entered and the atmosphere of alarm of being scotched of being up a tree of incredible height the atmosphere which at that moment permeated the whole of the vast region behind the scenes of the paris opera seemed to rush with them into the bureau of the directeur and to concentrate itself there nine twenty and she couldn't dress in less than fifteen minutes you have sent to the hotel de louvre the directeur questioned despairingly yes monsieur le directeur she left there two hours ago cecil coughed i could have told you as much he remarked very distinctly what cried the directeur you know mademoiselle malva she is among my intimate friends said cecil smoothly 
perhaps you know where she is i have a most accurate idea said cecil where i will tell you when i am seated in my box with my friends cecil answered dear monsieur panted the director tell us at once i give you my word of honour that you shall have your box cecil bowed certainly he said i may remark that i had gathered information which led me to anticipate this difficulty with the minister of fine arts but malva malva where is she be at ease it is only nine twenty three and mademoiselle malva is less than three minutes away and ready dressed i was observing that i had gathered information which led me to anticipate this difficulty with the minister of fine arts and accordingly i took measures to protect myself there is no such thing as absolute arbitrary power dear director even in a republic and i have proved it mademoiselle malva is in room number four two nine at the grand hotel across the road stay she will not come without this note he handed out a small folded letter from his waistcoat pocket then he added adieu monsieur le directeur you have just time to reach the state entrance in order to welcome the presidential and imperial party at nine thirty cecil and his friends were ushered by a trinity of subservient officials into their box which had been mysteriously emptied of its previous occupants and at the same moment the monarchs with monarchical punctuality accompanied by the president entered the presidential box in the middle of the grand tier of the superb auditorium the distinguished and dazzling audience rose to its feet and the band played the national anthem you fixed it up then belmont whispered under the cover of the national anthem he was beaten after all oh yes said cecil lightly a trivial misconception nothing more and i have made a little out of it too indeed much no not much two thousand francs but you must remember that i have been less than half an hour in making them the curtain rose on the garden scene from faust four my dear said eve when a woman has been definitely linked with a man either by betrothal or by marriage there are moments especially at the commencement when she assumes an air and a tone of absolute exclusive possession of him it is a wonderful trick which no male can successfully imitate try how he will one of these moments had arrived in the history of e fincastle and her millionaire lover they sat in a large deserted public room all gold of the grand hotel it was midnight less a quarter and they had just returned somewhat excited and flushed from the glories of the gala performances during the latter part of the evening eve had been absent from cecil's box for nearly half an hour kitty sartorius and lionel belmont were conversing in an adjoining salon yes said cecil are you quite sure that you love me only one answer is possible to such a question cecil gave it oh that is all very well eve pursued with equal gravity and charm but it was really tremendously sudden wasn't it i can't think what you see in me dearest my dear eve cecil observed holding her hand the best things the most enduring things very often occur suddenly say you love me she persisted so he said it this time then her gravity deepened though she smiled you've given up all those those schemes and things of yours haven't you she questioned absolutely he replied my dear i'm so glad i never could understand why 
listen he said what was i to do i was rich i was bored i had no great attainments i was interested in life and in the arts but not desperately not vitally you may perhaps say i should have taken up philanthropy well i'm not built that way i can't help it but i'm not a born philanthropist and the philanthropist without a gift for philanthropy usually does vastly more harm than good i might have gone into business well i should only have doubled my millions while boring myself all the time yet the instinct which i inherited from my father the great american instinct to be a little cleverer and smarter than someone else drove me to action it was part of my character and one can't get away from one's character so finally i took to these rather original schemes as you call them they had the advantage of being exciting and sometimes dangerous and though they were often profitable they were not too profitable in short they amused me and gave me joy they also gave me you eve smiled again but without committing herself but you have abandoned them now completely she said oh yes he answered then what about this opera affair to-night she sprang the question on him sharply she did her best to look severe but the endeavour ended with a laugh i meant to tell you he said but how how did you know how did you guess you forget that i am still a journalist she replied and still on the staff of my paper i wished to interview malva to-night for the journal and i did so it was she who let out things she thought i knew all about it and when she saw that i didn't she stopped and advised me mysteriously to consult you for details it was the scandal at the gala performance last autumn that gave me an action for making a corner in seats at the very next gala performance that should ever occur in the paris opera cecil began his confession i knew that seats could be got direct from more or less minor officials at the ministry of fine arts and also that a large proportion of the people invited to these performances were prepared to sell their seats you can't imagine how venal certain circles are in paris it just happened that the details and date of to-night's performance were announced on the day we arrived here i could not resist the chance now you comprehend sundry strange absences of mine during the week i went to a reporter on the echo de paris whom i knew and who knows everybody and we got out a list of the people likely to be invited and likely to be willing to sell their seats we also opened negotiations at the ministry how on earth do these ideas occur to you asked eve how can i tell cecil answered it is because they occur to me that i am i you see well in twenty-four hours my reporter and two of his friends had interviewed half the interviewable people in paris and the minister of fine arts had sent out his invitations and i had obtained the refusal of over three hundred seats at a total cost of about seventy-five thousand francs then i saw that my friend the incomparable malva was staying at the ritz and the keystone idea of the entire affair presented itself to me i got her to offer to sing of course her rival felice could not be behind her in a patriotic desire to cement the friendliness of two great nations the gala performance blossomed into a terrific boom we took a kind of office in the rue de la paix we advertised very discreetly every evening after bidding you good-night i saw my reporter and lecky and arranged the development of the campaign 
in three days we had sold all our seats except one box which i kept for something like two hundred thousand francs then this afternoon you merely bought the box from yourself exactly my love i had meant the surprise of getting a box to come a little later than it did say at dinner but you and belmont between you forced it on and that is all not quite the minions of the minister of fine arts were extremely cross and they meant to revenge themselves on me by depriving me of my box at the last moment however i got wind of that and by the simplest possible arrangement with malva i protected myself the scheme my last bachelor fling eve had been a great success and the official world of paris has been taught a lesson which may lead to excellent results and you have cleared a hundred and twenty five thousand francs by no means the profits of these undertakings are the least part of them the expenses are heavy i reckon the expenses will be nearly forty thousand francs then i must give malva a necklace and that necklace must cost twenty-five thousand francs that leaves sixty thousand clear said eve say uh, sixty-two thousand why i was forgetting an extra two thousand made this evening and your other uh, schemes eve continued her cross-examination how much have they yielded the devonshire house scheme was a dead loss my dear why did you lead me to destroy that fifty thousand pounds waste not want not there may come a day when we shall need that fifty thousand pounds and then don't be funny said eve i am serious very serious well ostend and mr rainshaw yielded twenty one thousand pounds net bruges and the bracelet yielded nine thousand five hundred francs algiers and biskra resulted in a loss of oh never mind the losses eve interrupted are there any more gains yes a few at rome last year i somehow managed to clear fifty thousand francs then there was an episode at the chancellery at berlin and uh, tell me the total gains my love said eve the gross gains cecil consulted a pocket-book a trifle he answered between uh, thirty-eight and forty thousand pounds my dear cecil the girl said call it forty thousand a million francs and give me a check do you mind i shall be charmed my darling and when we get to london eve finished i will hand it over to the hospitals anonymously he paused gazed at her and kissed her then kitty sartorius entered a marvellous vision with belmont in her wake kitty glanced hesitatingly at the massive and good-humoured lionel the fact is said kitty and paused we are engaged said lionel you aren't surprised our warmest congratulations cecil observed no we can't truthfully say that we are staggered it is in the secret nature of things that a leading lady must marry her manager a universal law that may not be transgressed moreover said eve later in cecil's private ear as they were separating for the night we might have guessed much earlier theatrical managers don't go scattering five hundred pound bracelets all over the place merely for business reasons but he only scattered one my dear cecil murmured yes well that's what i mean end of story one chapter six